Howdy, welcome to Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we're here today at Southern Q Barbecue and Catering with Steve Garner. Howdy, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Outstanding. How about yourself? Wonderful. Thanks. One of the things um, unique about you guys, I guess, not really unique, so to speak, but you're open on Sundays, so this is a, a great place to come visit on Sundays out here. A little gospel music in the background, a little gospel barbecue Sunday. Good right, stuff. We're here in, this is, uh, we're in North Houston right now. Um, if you haven't been to Southern Q, we highly recommend getting up here. Uh, it's one of our favorite places to go. Um, we're having a lot of Central Texas barbecue. It's getting popular in Houston and all around Texas, and Southern Q is a little different style than than the Central Texas, you know, black pepper, salt, heavy rub. Um, it's there's there's a little more uh, Cajun flavor, Creole flavor, kind of a mixture of East Texas and Louisiana influence coming in to the barbecue. Uh, Steve, tell us a little bit about how. You know, how you got started in barbecue, what your you know, what what it was like growing up and your style of barbecue you grew up eating and, and cooking. Right. Well barbecue when I was growing up, uh was more of a family I would say more of a cultural thing where um barbecue was the central food uh that brought everybody together as far as uh family reunions and uh, birthday parties, barbecue uh, growing up to me was also always associated with good times. So uh, as me growing up as a kid, I always remember uh, the family barbecues and everybody having a good time and um, partying and dancing and the family coming together. So it's always good memories uh, for me growing up with barbecue. So who were the barbecue cooks in your family? Well, I grew up uh, watching my mom. Uh, my dad was a truck driver uh, growing up, so he was on the road a lot. So uh, mom would uh, eat almost every weekend. We had this, uh, when we moved uh, into this house on the north side uh, some years back, uh, the guy that had the house before, he left a uh, barbecue pit, a smoker in the backyard. It was too heavy, he couldn't move it. So uh, I guess mom got curious with leaving that smoker back there. and. Uh, just uh, one weekend, she just started to, um, you know, put meat on there and, and play around with it. And it came to be every weekend I would watch her. You know, I was probably uh, eight, nine years old growing up as a kid. And I can remember her every weekend putting meat on the pit, barbecue. And you said north side, north side of where? Well, uh, north side of Houston. Uh, my family's originally from East Texas, Lufkin. I'm born and raised in Houston. But... Uh, we would always go back uh, to East Texas family reunions and, you know, we would have a big barbecue, you know, so we would always associate the one or two times we would go back uh, uh, home, I call it home, East Texas, we would go home and we would always have a big barbecue and people, the family from all over the state and all over the uh, country would come over and it's just associated with just good times, just good memories. What kind of what kind of meats was your mom cooking and what kind of meats were at those those events? Well, mom never really played around with brisket. I guess that was a big challenge, but uh, we would always have ribs and sausage and chicken and pork chops and, you know, just whatever she can uh, put on there, she, she would do it. And she became really good at it. She, uh, I guess, uh, through, through the years and experience and she became an expert at it. So uh, I just, uh, I guess I just followed that. I just picked that up subconsciously and that just stuck with me growing up. And from then you went on to, to other careers. You didn't, you didn't go into the barbecue business then, right? Right, I, I, did, I didn't, 
I, I didn't go into the barbecue uh, business right then. Uh, I was a truck driver. Uh, my dad, uh, uh, growing up, he was a truck driver, so I, I, I thought I wanted to follow in his footsteps uh, growing up, so I, I tried that, and uh, I just knew uh, that that wasn't for me, and uh, I just developed the, the, the passion of uh, barbecuing, and I, I started doing what mom was doing uh, uh, on the weekends when I got my, my place. I, I, I would barbecue every weekend, and it became the central spot for, you know, for family and friend gatherings and parties, so. That's kind of how I grew up with it. Same thing back then, chicken ribs. Yeah, same thing. Not, still not brisket at this well, point. Well, that's, little... actually, that's when I, I first started to, to play around with brisket because back then, when I first started uh, doing brisket, it was real cheap. You can, brisket was, oh, I can remember it being like 30, 40 cents a pound. Uh, you know, so you can buy a brisket. I think, I think I was getting the brisket for under like, 10 15 bucks those were good old days right those are the good old days so you can i could afford to experiment back then now brisket's 50 60 bucks if you mess that up right. you know ain't too many times you, you're gonna get out of try yeah there's a lot more pressure experimenting with brisket now than there used it to is be it sure. is it's a lot more expensive to try that but um you know i guess uh back in the days uh you know i, I just it was a challenge to me that, that brisket because I never saw mom cook a brisket. So I guess uh, subconsciously I would wonder why she didn't cook a brisket. But once I started, I was like, whoa, I, I know why because it's really hard. So uh, just practice, practice, practice through the years. And uh, so at, you know, as you were doing your the backyard cooks and and, yeah. and experimenting with brisket and doing it on the weekends and you're still doing the truck driving. Um, how did it transition from from a hobby to something that you think could become a profession? Right. Well, um, when I was doing the barbecue on the weekends, uh, barbecue is, is such a unique food to, to try to master. I consider it uh, as art. So uh, I would get out on the weekends and I would only do it that one day Saturday and you would be up against so many elements as far as the weather and just just you would be up against so many things so it began to be a challenge to me so it's a challenge that i accepted and i, I tried to uh you know try to master it but uh when when i started up uh when i was working i i just wasn't fulfilled uh, at my job i knew it was something else that i I wanted to do in life, so uh, I, I just developed that passion. We started doing it. Uh, is it is it partly because you can kind of put your touch on barbecue versus what you when you're doing a corporate job? Right. It, it, it's just kind of static, right? There's a go right. no go. There's not a right. There's not a Steve Garner version of it. Right. Well, kind of a food, like you said, it's an art, right? It you is. can twist it a little. It is a corporate job. You kind of get lost in the shuffle. Uh, it's kind of mundane. And, uh, you know, you kind of just go through the motions. Uh, I, you know, I guess you reach a point in life where you, uh, you ask yourself questions like, okay, what do you, you want to do? How do you want to, you know, I'm, I'm just reaching an age where I was like, okay, I got to, you know, figure out what I want to do right. for the rest of my life. So, so uh, we say, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, your barbecue is just that one food to me that is just so different than a burger when you put it on the grill for two minutes each size and flipping it and it comes out the same or a fish that you put in the grease 
you know, for a couple minutes and leave it alone. Barbecue is that food that each time that you cook it is going to come out different. It's not going to come out exactly the same. I think that's been one of the things that's fascinated us for years about it and part of what's driven us to eat all the barbecue we eat and cook what we cook and everything is, is like you said, it's one of the few types of food that you can go you know you can cook it on the same pit right. with the same product day after day and right. again there's, there's always going to be something slightly different that's right there's more wind this day there's more humidity this day that's there's right. always going to be something that changes the final oh, yeah, product it, it all uh factors in to the cooking so uh that that challenge is uh and and, and barbecue to to to, to barbecue, you you have to. I believe you have to have a passion for it. You know, it, it's not something because it takes so much patience. It takes so much time. Uh, it, it takes a little bit of skill, but you really have to have a passion uh, to do it. So when your food, a lot of people can taste that passion in your food, and, and that's very rewarding. Yeah, and conversely, if you don't have the passion for it, people can taste that too. That's yeah. true too. So it really is a labor of love. You have to really want to to, to put your own stamp on it and That's to do right. it well. Yeah. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're buying the, the most expensive Akashi or Wagyu brisket. Right. If you're just slapping it in and setting it and forgetting it and throwing commercial cheap rubs on right. there, it, it just doesn't have that. You can you really can taste. You know. That's and, right. And you I've can. had you know the the select briskets cooked at places that they're great right you know at, at the end that's of the true. day because they put so much work into turning it. them out yeah that's and right. we've had some really bad prime brisket so that's i mean right. it just it, it's all about how it's cooked who's cooking it that's and how right. much they care about what they're putting into that's it right. so, that's so yeah right. that's that's one of the things that we've always loved about barbecue and and it's one of the things that and i know it's come up in a lot of what you've said already the communal aspect of barbecue um how it brings people together oh yeah you know whether that's when you're doing it as a business or growing up eating it oh, yeah. you know everyone has memories when associated with barbecue oh, yeah. you don't typically have i mean you can but not every meal you have has a memory but most that's barbecue right. you know most barbecue you have growing up you associate it with something oh you associate it yeah. with good times i've never seen anybody mad at a barbecue <laughs> you know saying it's, it's all good times so you know that's the memories uh you know i have growing up with that now you were you were still in the backyard doing weekend cooks. How did it transition from that to kind of the next step down the road? Wow. Well, the transition I would say. I get okay back. Okay, after I did it, at, was barbecuing on the weekend at the church for a couple of years, and I began to get better and better um, as time went on. Um, people would say you should really uh, do something with this or you should really advance with this or you should open up your own business. Uh, you know, I just had chirping in my ear. But I think the my biggest motivation really, I believe, was my mom. When uh, for me to transition uh, from the corporate side to uh, taking that leap of faith and uh, starting my own thing really had to do with my mom because... Uh, the time I made the transition, mom had, uh, it was during the time of the recession. So uh, mom had just got laid off from her job and uh, she couldn't find another job. You know, she was applying uh, everywhere and uh, work source and, you know, she was at that age, uh, bad health, uh, her health was kind of failing and, you know, she really couldn't uh, find another job, but she needed to work. So that really just, uh, put a light switch in my head that I really have to do something. 
And uh, I had a job on my own, which was fine. I was taking care of my household, but I was really got motivated to really uh, look after my mom and my parents. So that really motivated me to um, take it further to that next level so I can really provide a place uh, for mom to, uh, you know, have a job. And I think that was my biggest motivation, you know, in life. So seeing her start off barbecuing and uh, just me picking it up and me taking it to that next level. And uh, I guess the light switch just went on. I, I got to make this work. And that's a big leap right, yeah. to get out there. Oh, so yeah. did you, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, a scary trailer? leap to make. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And did, did you get a trailer? What, what was, how oh, did yeah. you jump into it? Well, uh, during the uh, barbecue, everything that I would make on the weekend, I would put right into the, right back into the business. So if, if I made 50 bucks on the weekend, I would put 50 bucks right back into the business. So it took me uh, over two years to save up. Uh, for a trailer. I bought a used trailer from a um, guy I used to work with. Uh, he had a, a, a trailer that I, I bought from him for I think 2000 bucks, and uh, I, I took it in and I converted it um, in, into a uh, food truck. And uh, w once I did that, I, I knew I couldn't turn around. I couldn't look so where, back. Where were you setting up and how was that finding a spot? Uh, Houston's not really oh, wow. great food for truck food trucks. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was probably the hardest uh, a part, just dealing with the food truck side. because The regulations and oh all my that God. stuff. Yeah, yeah, we started off at uh, 45 in 1960 uh, at the, uh, once we moved from the church, we moved to the Fluent Decor parking lot. Uh, is that where you were when? Because I believe Chris Reed wrote an article on you guys for the Chronicle. Right. Was or were you parked there when when that article came out? Or actually, when that article came out, we had moved. Uh, we were off of uh, Spears Road when okay. that came out. So that was years later. Gotcha. Uh, we had probably moved probably five or six times <laughs> uh, before he came. But so um, that's the food truck life. Oh man. yeah, that's the food truck life, which is really hard. Uh, it's hard to be consistent because for for people to. Eat, the people that eat at a food truck are a different type and different breed of people. You know, they, they're the type of millennials. They're the ones <laughs> that aren't scared. They're the ones that uh, like to try new things. And right. So targeting that cer certain type of uh, crowd was probably the most uh, difficult thing. Were you cooking anything different from what you're doing now? Was no, it, actually. Just uh, straight up? I was going to say, uh, what was on the menu in those early yeah. days? Yeah, actually. Probably the only thing different that I cook now is uh, turkey breast. Uh, I had brisket, uh, sausage, ribs, uh, chicken, boudin. You know, we had tried to have the uh, the staples, you know, the, the, the basics. But uh, yeah. So yeah, that brings us to the boudin, which is one of our favorite things. And you just don't, you don't see it everywhere in Houston. A lot of times, if you do see it, it's boudin that might have been bought from H-E-B right. and just or thrown on the smoker for a minute or rice two. Mixed right. together. It's right. not really boudin. So when you get a really good boudin, right. we remember it. And, right. and we try to tell everyone we can about it. Right. Um, no, not everyone that listens to the podcast has probably even had boudin because I know it's, it's very much an East Texas, Louisiana thing. So we have people in Austin and Dallas and San Antonio that listen that may or may not be familiar with boudin. But, oh, uh, yeah. But you guys started doing boudin from basically day one in the trailer, huh? Oh, yeah. Boudin, uh, to me, is a, a, a classic uh, to me growing up. Boudin was that uh, 
What's that food? Which you say is not common. Me growing up, it was common. Right. Yeah. If you grew up in East Texas, or right. you grew up even uh, most of Houston, it was right. common. Oh but. yeah. In Houston, anybody that uh, partied on a Friday or Saturday <laughs> night, late night, uh, two, three in the morning after the club, uh, one of the things that you, the first place you would run to was the barbecue truck. And uh, they would have all the, if you like to drink or whatever. So, that, so did you ever go to the Bookity Bookity Boudin guy? Of course. Uh, he's been around. <laughs> he's, been when I went, he's a wild-looking character. Oh, my yeah. God. When I was going to the club at 18, 19, I'm 41 now. When I was 18, 19 years old going to the club, after the club, he would be in the parking lot holding up these Boudins, <laughs> you know, selling them, and people would buy them. You know, it would be the first uh, thing we run to because, so that's a memory. I mean, it's like. A classic. It's like a Houston classic, yeah. you know. So, uh, and, and I'm not from. I've been here now longer, I think, than I've yeah. lived in Austin. But it, it's it's amazing because once you get outside right. of you know just just west of Houston, right, it drops off the face of the planet. Right. right. Well, it's like asking someone not from Texas if they've ever had a kolache, and they said, "What's a kolache?" <laughs> yeah. right. So it's just one of those things where because we grew up with it, it's right. we don't think twice about it being something that someone wouldn't know. That's right. It, it's, it's normal uh, every day for us. Sure. I mean, you have rice in a casing? Like right. what? Well, I was gonna say, so, so for those of those people that are listening that don't really know what boudin is, tell us what, what is boudin. The best way and easiest way I can describe boudin is dirty rice in a casing uh, and smoked on the pit. That's the easiest way I can describe it, but you can once you get to uh, mixing up the flavors or whatever, uh, some people use uh, the pork or uh, seafood or, you know, there's a variety of different ways that... Uh, one, one of the things to me is, is the real liver. duck liver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liver. One of the things to me that really makes yeah. a true boudin is right. duck liver. Oh, yeah. And it, it'll give it kind of a, a, a funky it flavor and taste. It will. But it... it it's what really makes it boudin. It if you does. don't do it, like I said, if you don't do that, it's just sausage and rice in the right. casing. It's not, right. not really boudin. Yeah. It's probably an, an acquired taste, but, uh, I mean, it's so good it when, is. when it comes together. Yeah, and we put two things away kid. before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah, in fact, today you're doing uh, boudin wars, so you have two different kinds of we boudin. We got two yeah. different kinds of boudins uh, so now. What were, you, what were you doing today, just for the honest? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, right now uh, going on in Southern Key, we have boudin wars going on. Uh, right now we, uh, we started out with the Texas style uh, kind of boudin, uh, which is more of a rice-based uh, 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 flavor on the boudin. Uh, but now we've added a, uh, a Louisiana style, which is more uh, pork and uh, uh, blended flavors, that Creole Cajun style uh, that people are mo- most familiar with when they go to uh, Louisiana and get boudin. Yeah, we liked them both. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. hard to hard to choose. Right. I think we did lean towards the the Louisiana one, great. but uh, but no, they're they're both great. Um, so so you're doing this, um, you know, and we talked about Boudin, and um, you're in the trailer still. Yes. Right. Things are moving along in the trailer. Okay. Any issues with that? And that was all all fine and dandy. Or? Oh well, no, the trailer <laughs> was. Uh, I mean, the trailer was always a struggle. Um, uh, the, the, the dealing with landlords and uh, you deal with uh, weather and you deal with uh, uh, just so many uh, uh, different things where uh, the trailer uh, was was a was a to me as a business owner was a great experience because I got to 
I got to travel a little, little bit, so I got to see different uh, uh, areas of town and, and, and see how they responded. But uh, the trailer was, was very challenging, but uh, I think the trailer, I always had in mind that I didn't want to stay in the trailer. So I knew the trailer was just temporary. Um, I think yeah. that's one thing that people don't realize with barbecue trucks and trailers is it's hard enough dealing with the elements when you're cooking the barbecue, yeah. but then you deal with the whole different side of the elements when you're serving out of the trailers because if it's pouring down rain, your customer base may dwindle depending on how bad the rain is, and oh, there's yeah. just so many different variables when it oh, comes yeah. to food truck businesses. Oh, yeah, and the thing about barbecue, you started cooking the day before, so if there's a 20% chance of rain the day before, and the next day it goes to 80%. Right, and that you happens know, in Houston yeah, all the right. time. you got to make your commitment the night before. You do, because you've yeah. already started cooking the food, and no matter if it rains or not, you got to try to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be tough. So, you know, like you said, you, you always knew that you didn't want to stay in the trailer forever. Right. So you you started making. What year was it? You started making the transition into the restaurant where you really started getting serious about opening a, a full service restaurant and getting out of the trailer. Well, um, in February 2018, we'll be here three years. Um, so uh, I guess about four years ago, we started actively uh, looking and searching. Uh, We've really uh, developed the following, uh, I guess. I think the, the main, the biggest reason we developed the following because we moved so many times in the trailer, it was hard for our customers, our, our loyal customers to keep up with us. But our food was so good and they wanted it so much that they found ways to keep up with us. And so uh, with that, no matter, I think I counted the last time we moved from here, we moved seven times. So with that, each place we moved, we had customers that followed us from, from each place. So we knew we had to get stable. and, and Somewhere that, permanent, they know they could right. always come. We knew that was the only way we would be successful is to be stable and permanent. And so how did that, how did that transition happen? I mean, you, you, I assume you had money saved up and you were looking for a place uh, <laughs> did we have money say? I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we had a, a, a very little money saved up, but this place took every penny uh, that we had uh, to open up. Uh, and it was a bit of divine intervention with this building. Tell oh us a little bit about this this particular. Oh my God! This, this yeah, this building here. Uh, it used to be a barbecue restaurant. Uh, the owner, uh, he actually, uh, he uh, built this place for his son, and, uh, you know, his son uh, decided, you know, he didn't want to uh, stay in it, so it became vacant for, for years, and uh, just me traveling in the trailer and being in this area, I always knew this building was here, so I would come in probably for like two years straight, I would come in. Uh, drop my card off and uh you know just ask hey you know do y'all want to uh rent the building out sell it whatever i'm you know I, please so i did that for two years and the, the last time uh i came in they finally uh called me back and they said uh you know we're willing to uh uh, uh um, yeah talk to you about the place so uh you know that's really how that uh that came and we just made that uh, transition uh, 
basically because this place was used to be a barbecue place already. It made it a lot easier. Yeah, I didn't have to do a big build out right. and, and get it fitted for barbecue service. Right. So, yeah, right. that obviously helped you know a lot. It's funny. I guess it was. Uh, it must have been right after you guys opened because it was. I think it was February fifteen. The first place Brian and I we've now eaten almost two hundred barbecue places together. Wow. First place that we ate at together was right here wow, in yeah, February twenty fifteen. Wow. So it was. Uh, so yeah, it's just one of those weird circle of life sort of things. That, right. Was that the day we wore the same t-shirt? That was the day you and Sandlin wore the same t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we managed to avoid that mostly. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it was the first barbecue meal. First time Brian and I ever broke bread together was right here. Great. So Great. it's. Uh, I remember that day too. Many, many barbecue wow. stops later, yeah. here we are back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as you got into the building, as that opened up, um, Obviously, Houston has become a pretty crowded barbecue market, but there's not a whole lot on the north side of town. Right. You know, which we complain about all the time because we live on the north side of town. Right. So there's only a few places that, you know, we really enjoy going to, this, of course, being one of them. How has it been as far as the barbecue community in Houston for you, um, you know, as, you, as you've gotten to meet the different owners and pitmasters of different barbecue joints? Is it still that same sense of community that you felt growing up with barbecue, or how how has that whole community been a barbecue in Houston? Well, um, I never knew when I started out and took on the challenge of uh, opening up a business and barbecue business. I never knew that there was a barbecue community. Uh, I really didn't. Uh, it was just something so in that the, in the trailer life you felt. A little bit more isolated than, than once you yeah. actually open a, yeah. a brick and mortar. Yeah, we did. We've uh, I've always isolated myself. Uh, I don't know. It's just my crazy train of thought. But uh, <laughs> I've always isolated myself from others because I've never been the one that wanted to follow trends or wanted to be like somebody else or do what somebody else is doing or do your, your recipes and flavors here are definitely unique in the right world. yeah right absolutely. so um I, I just always if if i'm gonna do it i was i always had the mindset i'm gonna do it my way and uh which i always thought was a good way <laughs> but if i said if i would do it i would do it my way and if it didn't work out i would be okay with that yeah, you'd rather succeed, succeed or fail doing what you right. wanted to do, right. following your path. No, that makes that makes total sense. You know, because no one wants to open up a carbon copy of a restaurant that someone else has just opened, right. especially in barbecue. Or right. like I said, you do have that you need that opportunity to put your own spin on, right. you know, the different flavor profiles that you use, uh, right. both in the sides and in the barbecue. Right. Um, that's one of the things we love about this place is right. you can go here and get things that you can't get at five, six, seven, eight right. other barbecue joints around town. Right. Even even simple things like the, the firecracker. Yeah. Oh, I love them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the little <laughs> things that count. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's great because. Uh, I mean, you want to be unique. You don't want to be like anybody else. You don't want to, you know, uh, you kind of want to, you know, be different and, and uh, you know, stand out a little. Uh, and it's one of the things we've talked about in barbecue is these days, because there's so much barbecue, 
you almost have to have something that you that that makes you stand out from right. everybody else. Everything you know, starts to taste the same. After right. Oh yeah. gosh, tell me about it. We you know as much barbecues we we do get that. Right. You know, second verse, same as the first sort of thing. We're like, right. didn't I just eat this yesterday? Right. 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 <laughs> and yeah, we we love it when we can go to a place and we know we're gonna get something, something that, that yeah. tastes so different than right. anything we've had. Yeah. So you, you need to readjust those taste buds. In your you mouth really every do. Now and then. Yeah. You need that break from just the same old, same old. That's right. So as you as you open the restaurant, uh, this is February 2015. Um, how were those early days at the restaurant? I mean, did uh, oh my god, the early days was a struggle. Uh, uh, we we moved in here from the uh, following the trailer. I mean, we did have a base uh, that did come and support us in the beginning, but uh, I guess just like probably anybody else, it it, it was a struggle in the beginning. Uh, I remember the uh, <laughs> the first we didn't have enough to uh, make payroll. You know, the, uh, what was that? The first week well, we had to borrow money yeah. from family members just to make payroll in the beginning. Uh, that's how much of a struggle it was. Yeah. But as you know, as time went on, your audience grew and built, and I guess you know, food media started paying a little more attention. Yeah. And, uh, Daniel Vaughn visited. Was it the summer? That some the first summer you guys were open. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, Daniel Vaughn, J.C. Reed, and uh, yeah. And so you started. I know he. You know, Daniel Vaughn gave a very positive review in Texas Monthly, and you know, I guess as word started to get out that hey, there is this place Southern Q up on yeah. the north side that's doing something different than you know everywhere else. Right. Especially it goes back to that that time in Houston barbecue when there really was very very few quality barbecue joints right. there's not to knock them but right. you know today there's there's at least 10 oh. 12 that you can rock you know for sure off. back then it was yeah. it was a little bit of a desert out yeah. there right yeah yeah you guys either. were part yeah. of that initial wave of yeah. Houston barbecue really starting yeah. to get into and when i started i didn't know that you know i just started barbecuing i didn't know that the barbecue scene and to me there's always been a barbecue scene in Houston because i grew up Eating barbecue, we grew up when we after the club. We all, if if you from Houston, trust me, you know <laughs> the back place, the hood. You know somewhere to get some good barbecue from. You know, so I, I've never had that problem. <laughs> and a lot of that's still around. It just doesn't get the publicity. I mean, that's so right. true. You know, I mean, that's we so went true. to. I, I've been to some of the other Burns locations, which have right. since closed down. But yeah, I, I'd never been to Burns Original, and right. and that's just that place is hopping. It's it just, is. It's, it's yeah. amazing to yeah. go there and see the, the crowd that's there. Oh and my just god! How yeah. active it They're is. Doing such great things. Yeah. yeah. But it's still there's a lot going on that, that people don't see. Oh yeah. Um, you know that are only looking for a particular style. Right. To me, the uh, some of the best barbecue places are the ones that you never hear about. You know, the ones that. Uh, only open up at night or you know you got to find on the on the back road somewhere you know to me those are the best ones yeah you you won't always find them on instagram right. or it's yeah it may not be the place that's on the list that you're reading right but but yeah that that's that's one of the things about barbecue is like you said it's there's there's always barbecue somewhere yeah uh, there's always something different to eat something different to have um but as you guys have gotten success you're almost into year three now um, what is what does the future for Southern Q look like? Is there anything new coming up? Anything or just or is it more? Keep doing what you're doing. Well, we always first we always want to continue to pro, I say perfect what we're doing. So that that's always the goal here at Southern Q. But um, as far as the future, I think 2018. Uh, I've always said. Uh, 
the way things have, have lined up here at Southern Q, uh, I think are so divine and everything um, has happened the, the way that uh, uh, I, I believe uh, and that God has uh, told me that it was gonna happen. So uh, with that being said, uh, he, I think three years with, was, was a great mark uh, to get my feet wet uh, here at, at this location. I think 2018 is going to be a, uh, I'm looking, I'm calling my shot, I'm looking for a breakout year from uh, Southern Q. Uh, we're looking to do uh, bigger and better things uh, Outstanding. Uh, for 2018. Uh, uh, as as uh, we've been here three years, uh, we've outgrown uh, uh, this place, uh, I believe. So uh, we're we're actively uh, uh, on the hunt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, it was great when we came in here. This is not a like what was it three o'clock three thirty? Yeah. Not a big time for barbecue that you expect to see a full restaurant. You guys were packed when we came in here, right. which is awesome to see because we most of the barbecue places we go to this time of day on yeah. a Sunday we're the only people in the place but but yeah obviously you've got a, a growing audience here um, yeah. and it's a testament to the hard work you guys have put into the business and, oh yeah and, and the great food you're putting out here so oh, yeah. um we appreciate you guys for uh, having us today and for hey, thanks for having continually me. producing it. such really good and unique barbecue and uh we look forward to the next three years all right uh, thanks so much for having me yes sir thanks right. steve yes sir appreciate it thank you